Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Athletic. This is the best club in the world. Don't care what other people do. Angisa with a forward ball, beautifully played as well. Here's Simeone Zielinski, Alisson with a save, 4-0. It's a little bit, looks like we have to reinvent ourselves. So it's really, there's a lot of things lacking. So the struggles are real and the struggles continue. A chastening night in Naples and the most worrying Liverpool performance of the season so far. Probably even under the Klopp reign. A first half collapse and the Reds lacking quality and fight. Jürgen says Liverpool have to reinvent themselves. So to what extent and how quickly can that happen? Don't forget, if you're not already a subscriber to The Athletic, you can read all of the articles on the site, everything on Liverpool, if you head to theathletic.com forward slash Liverpool pod. And right now, there still is that special price of a pound a month for six months at theathletic.com forward slash Liverpool pod. I'm Steve Hothersall. This is The Red Agenda with Simon Hughes and Andy Jones. Napoli, tremendous. Liverpool, calamitous. It's not often you could question Liverpool's attitude, but it was wrong on the night, Simon. I've been thinking about this, Steve, the word attitude, and I, I, I used it against Man United, attitude and desire, and I'm sort of wondering whether it's the right use of terminology. I say that because you think about sort of the conditions that the players have been subjected to over the last sort of six months. So, you know, maximum number of games played last season, more games than ever. Obviously, you know, they've tailored off towards the end of last season in that pursuit due to the fatigue. They've had a shortened pre-season, but that doesn't mean that it hasn't been any less intense, you know, in terms of what they've been asked to do. They've had muscle injuries, a fatigue start. And then obviously we're saying they lack desire, but is it, does that translate as a lack of desire? You know, can they just not do what they're being asked to do? Because it's, it's, it's the, I think, the seventh game in the run now where Liverpool have been outdone for distance covered in terms of, you know, the, the running stats and then sprints as well. It seems to me that there's a, there's a big problem there because I remember Klopp said several times, you know, that he would often look, even after a bad result, and look at the running stats and if the, the team is able to run he'd take some courage from it, but he obviously can't do that now. Well, at this moment, he can't anyway. It's not going to get any easier with the flow of games that they've got coming up. So, last night, Napoli, I agree, I thought they were outstanding. They were everything that Liverpool were not. You know, that they've had a big overhaul of players over the summer. Lots of fear. I was I was in Naples in the summer, spoke to a couple of fans, and they were quite concerned about the future because, obviously, senior players have left Koulibaly, uh, Dries Mertens, Lorenzo Insigne left late last season. A lot of concern about how they fill those gaps, but they've signed a lot of young players who are able to run. <laughs> you know, it reminded me of the sorts of performance that Liverpool used to dole out to other teams, you know, you know, several years ago. At the beginning of the Klopp era, you know, fearless. 
And Liverpool could have been five nil down, maybe even six nil down after half an hour. That, that's not an exaggeration. That's not me saying sort of being hysterical about it. They, they could have been, you know, they obviously Napoli missed a penalty, had one cleared off the line, hit the post, had a couple of one on ones. You know, it was a really terrible start, and Liverpool have really struggled, you know, in, in, in pretty much every game this season at the start, apart from the Bournemouth game when they did start fast. So, yeah, where we are now, Liverpool played seven, won, I think, is it what they won two? Obviously, one of those victories came with virtually the last kick of the game. It's been a really, really bad start, but then when you go back to the context that it gave at the beginning, is, is it really that much of a surprise? It's hard to stomach, isn't it? It's it's, yeah. it's a tough one to take. Uh, Andy, let's go back to the initial point that Simon raised and the words that are being thrown at Liverpool at the moment, and that's a lack of desire. So Simon used that word, an attitude. What's your interpretation of those two words, and is it correct or not? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess when you when you look at some of the uh, some of the replays from from the goals last night, and you sort of see some of the players and and their I guess the I guess the effort, I guess the desire to try and stop things happening. I know Trent was was someone who's who's been consistently sort of, you know, highlighted this season in terms of that and again last night, just in terms of his body language, his approach when, you know, Napoli are about to score. I think it's I think it's the third one where he's sort of just standing outside the box and while everything's still going on. But it, it's not just him and it it just, just feel like because of this sort of disconnect that sort of appears to be across sort of the squad, I guess, at the moment, just on the pitch in terms of, I guess, what the plan is and what the players are able to actually execute or are executing, I think it sort of just sort of magnifies it even more. But you can't ignore the sort of the stats and the stats tell you that Liverpool are not working as, as hard as the other team and that under Klopp has been something that just as isn't the case and you can preface it by saying well you know the team with the ball more should probably do less running but that's not that's not always the case I mean one example is Burnley this season have turned into a team and, and I've watched them all season have, have turned into a team with 70, 70% possession pretty much every game but they're still outrunning the opposition the effort's still there the desire's still there you know when Liverpool's running stats are dropping or certainly not as good as the opposition's. And you, and you just see it. I mean, no Liverpool player looks like they're enjoying themselves at all. And when you watch everyone they seem to be playing, there's that spring to the step in, in the way they play, other than Bournemouth, obviously. But there just seems to be that spring to the step, that that, that you know that anticipation is better than Liverpool's, that want to get on the ball, that want to, you know, those off-the-ball runs. I mean, it, you look at the Newcastle goal, and then you look at the second goal last night where it's just a really simple run in in behind the fence just from from where the ball is on the edge of the box and the lack of sort of reaction from Liverpool I mean I don't I don't quite know what Joe Gomez is you know he just doesn't follow the runner even though he, he you know he sees him and, and Fabinho doesn't doesn't either tries to step out and I'm, I'm sure the efforts that you know the it, they're not trying to do this they're not trying to run less they, you know the, there's a clear I'm sure that they are themselves probably beating themselves up and looking at these going this isn't good enough but at the moment what they're being asked to do and what they're actually carrying out is just so far apart it strikes me side that there's a there's a real lack of self-belief and it's sort of deteriorated quite quickly from, from a team that was so good and so sort of dominant such a force. They're questioning themselves 
individually. Now, the whole way in which Liverpool would typically play seems to be absent, or the other way the Klopp would like to play seems to be absent. And I think we, we'd often heard that word intensity, hadn't we? I think, did Pep Linders say, you know, intensity is everything or something like that? He's got a big sign on the wall outside his office. But the intensity doesn't exist. Well, I know he's getting a bit of stick on social media from from one ex-Liverpool player this morning. Uh, Didi Hamans questioned the wisdom of releasing a book particularly when you're in the position of being an assistant manager. I certainly think he might regret the title at the moment, given the way Liverpool are playing, because it's it's not evident, as we've already discussed. I mean, it's, it's multi-layered, isn't it? I mean, if your whole identity is based on being able to run, being able to press the opposition, being able to play high up the pitch, and all those things aren't happening, whether you're obviously trying to do it, but they're just not capable of doing it at the moment, that's going to affect your confidence. You know, and you're three nil down after 30, 35 minutes. Your confidence is going to be on the floor. You're not going to be bouncing around, popping the ball about. So, again, it's it's another test for Klopp because I mean, it, we have had this period before where you know we've seen bad results followed by bad results. You know, knowing that Jurgen Klopp is legendary for for instilling confidence into his players. It's you know it's, that that side of it is a big test for him as well because at this time. It does stand to reason that the players have been doing so, have done so well for him for such a long period of time. Eventually, as they get older, they're just not going to be able to do what they used to be able to do for him. It's just so ba- as basic as that. You know, as time passes, you know the body isn't capable of doing what it used to do, uh, and a lot of the players have have grown old together. I know there's been additions to the squad, and that again will will upset the rhythm to some degree. You know, obviously, I still think. That they're trying to figure out what to do with with uh, Darwin Nunes, totally different player to to uh, Roberto Firmino. No surprise that some of Liverpool's better passages of play this season have been, you know, when Firmino has been performing well like he used to. But at the moment, it, it, the Liverpool team is just unrecognisable from what we've seen over the the last um, the last five years. Really, it's quite painful to watch. Last night was the most worried at. I would say I've been against Manchester United in a game where, you know, you're playing a major rival with a point to prove with lots of young players. You can maybe pass it off as a one-off, maybe. But you're playing against an Italian team here who normally are quite patient. I mean, I know it's a bit of a cliche, Italian football is quite patient. But they just went after Liverpool last night and ran them into the ground and quickly. These points in history, aren't they, where the manager realises that the time is up and when I say the time is up, not necessarily for him, but but for the players. Obviously, Liverpool is always a point of reference in history to to look at. I know Bill Shankly sort of was loyal to a lot of the to the players that had served him well in the sixties, and then in nineteen seventy played Watford in the FA Cup, lost at Vicarage Road one 0 in a legendary match, and it was then that he realised that they really had to sort of get a move on with with ripping up that team. Listening to Klopp's words last night, you know, he said that we need to reinvent ourselves. That's pretty radical language from Klopp. You don't usually hear him say that sort of thing. So maybe he is beginning to realise that that things have to change quicker than maybe he would have wanted them to. I think that is a a massive statement, a sort of defining statement and will be remembered for, for a long time, however his reign goes from here. When a manager who's been so successful says that they have to reinvent what they're doing and they have been so successful at what they're doing, Andy... All of a sudden, I mean, that was I, my ears pricked up. I was thinking, wow, 
That is significant. Does he mean style? Does he mean tactics? Is it mindset? Is it players? Is it personnel? How quickly can this reset happen? It's a massive admission. Yeah, and I think uh, all all the things you listed there at the moments after after last night, you'd probably say all of them. Um, <laughs> it's it's one of them. It's um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it, when you make that type of statement, you you don't just do that accidentally. Like he's clearly, you know, you would you would think that this is that this is the moment. He, as Sai was saying, that he's something's clicked and he's gone right. We can't keep doing this um, because it's clearly not working. I mean. The game it reminded me of a little bit, and you know there were different circumstances around it, but it reminded me of of when Liverpool went to Tottenham and got beat four one on that that game with sort of Dejan Lovren where he had a had a bit of a nightmare and, and sort of Joe Gomez I think had a, had a similar sort of bit of a nightmare game in, in in that first half, but it was that was that felt like a really important day in, in Klopp's time at Liverpool because it was sort of the that was where I felt the shift began to move towards dominating games, controlling games, and not playing the let's play basketball with the opposition and see what happens. And it feels like this was another game where he sort of realised that whatever he's doing, or whatever the team are, are doing, and the personnel that he's got to try and do it is, is not working. And I was trying to think sort of last night and this morning how best to sum Liverpool up at the moment. And it was... I sort of came to the conclusion that when they attack, they look like they've got a lot less players than the opposition. In midfield, they look outnumbered all the time. And at the back, they always they seem to appear outnumbered. And I was like, that sort of... Well, that just can't... Well, that just doesn't make sense. Sort of how, how can you be in that position in all phases of, of the pitch? Surely you would have the advantage in some situation. And I, the midfield injuries obviously don't help. You know, I think... So when you look back to the COVID season, and I know that it was all the defenders that were out, and therefore the midfield were, were sort of dropping into the to the defence. But I, I think the midfield is so important to Klopp's system and sort of having that control, or certainly the physicality and, and the ability to go and press the opposition and do it properly and do it well to create those. I mean, he, he referenced it. He talked about Thiago. They, they didn't create a counter pressing opportunity until Thiago came on the pitch. Now when your whole game is based around that and you can't create one situation until a midfielder comes on and, you know, it's past the 60th minute, I think, wasn't it? Um, that just suggests that the whole thing is not working. So it, it feels like it does need a, a complete reset and, and the problem is he's got no no time on the training pitch to do it. So you are trial and erroring. And obviously it will help that he's getting more players back and, you know, Jota, Nunes, Thiago... You know, Artur got you know his first taste of taste of it as well last night. You obviously are getting players back, but the problem is is that you are you're having to do this and having to try and reinvent yourselves during games, which means that you know there's a potential that, that you're going to see more. Maybe not as bad as it was last night, but you're going to see more of these really tricky games, and because. Instead of being able to have a week where you go, right, we're just doing this for the, the, the entire week, drilling it in, drilling it in, to then you know execute it at the weekend. Liverpool don't don't have that time because it's basically game, recover, game, recover, game, recover until that World Cup break. And it might be that Liverpool need to get to there. And I know you know a number of them will go away on on you know to the World Cup, but that might be the time where Klopp properly gets the opportunity to 
to reinvent Liverpool. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Obviously, there's loads of scrutiny on some of the senior players' side. And, you know, Virgil van Dijk's one of those who's getting sort of daggers in various articles this morning. Joe Gomez as well. And I think as Andy referenced there, that some of those problems that, that they're suffering stem from the midfield as well, don't they? Yeah, it does. And then the midfield's problems, you could argue. I'm sure some of the midfielders would say, well, our problems stem from the forward line. Andy's done some analysis on, on Salah and Diaz's positioning. So obviously Salah's a lot wider than he used to be, which means there's less pressure on the, the sort of the central players of the opposition defensively, which is allowing those players to sort of contribute towards the game in a different way. You know, there's a temptation to say, well, Salah's not working as hard, but I think he's been asked to do something different to accommodate Nunes. And so far it's not working. It might work in the future, but it'll take time for, for that to work. And this has left obviously the midfield, which is a little bit changed. I mean, it doesn't really have those runners in the midfield at the moment. Milner is 37. I don't care what anyone says. When you're that age, it is harder to, to do what you were doing two, three, four, certainly five years prior. Should you be involved in every game, Si, if you're, no, well, if no, you're Milner's he age? No, he shouldn't be involved in every game. I mean, that, that's not revelatory. He shouldn't. A 37-year-old shouldn't be starting every game for Liverpool. He should be coming on in games when Liverpool need to defend a lead or, or, or sometimes coming on in games when the trailing as he did against Fulham he, he was excellent against Fulham James Miller first game of the season but you can't expect him to play every single game now he didn't start against against Everton uh, at the weekend came on at right back I thought really struggled at right back against a fast winger I don't know whether that, that contributed towards Klopp changing the team again after he came on because he moved into midfield after that but I think he need, they need to pick and choose his games and moments wisely, like any any manager does when um, you know when as a player gets older. You know that has happened at other clubs in the past. I mean, it's obviously one or two Manchester United players who grew old under Alex Ferguson, and he he was able to to pick and choose when they were used and that prolonged their careers without exposing the you know the, the deterioration in, in in certain parts of the game. At the moment, if Milner is subjected to too much game time. He's just not going to be able to cope with it. It's just a reality. You know, Harvey Elliott, I think, has had a good, really good start to the season. But he's not a, you know, a box-to-box player or a dynamic sort of player who's going to, who's going to cover every blade of grass. You know, he's very quick to the ball. He's obviously very skillful and, and sees a pass. But he's not a Jordan Henderson or a Genie Wijnaldum. So, again, that's another difference that Liverpool are dealing with in midfield. 
But then sometimes, you know, the, the defence may argue that they're not getting enough protection, but it comes down to decision-making as well. I mean, Virgil van Dijk's given away two penalties last night. Rash, again. For me, last season, I think when he came back into the season, he started well. It was promising. I think it gave the team a lot of confidence, just his, his presence back in the team. But as the season wore on, I, I felt that Joel Matip and, and, and Canate were actually the more consistent defenders in in that campaign. So it's not a more it's not a recent thing with Van Dijk. He hasn't. I, I, this is just my view. I mean, other people might come up with stats or data, or the manager might say something different. That he has got back to the levels that he was at before. I don't think he has. He's not. For me, it doesn't. The, the defense doesn't feel quite as safe as it did before. Is is terrible injury, which is obviously not his fault. Maybe that's a natural thing. If you get an injury at the age of 29, 30, it's always going to be hard to to get back to that point of where you feel. You know, Virgil van Dijk prior to that made Liverpool feel, you know, feel totally different about themselves. I, I felt, you know, totally, totally different feeling. So. There's problems all over the pitch. I mean, you, you could point anywhere at the moment. The only players, really, who you'd say, well, in two or three years' time, are these players going to be playing for Liverpool? The only ones that you'd say, really, for certain, for absolute certainty, is the goalkeeper, unless he falls off a cliff, which I don't think he will. I think I think the goalkeeper's been playing well, and had it not been, you know, for him last night, the, the scoreline could have been even worse. So there's question marks all over the pitch. I mean, Diaz has obviously had a good start to the season, but... He start, he's been one of Liverpool's best players, but that doesn't mean that he's necessarily filled the space left behind Sadio, by Sadio Mane. I think the conversation about Mane is a bit unhelpful to some degree because he's obviously gone to Bayern Munich where they are used to winning every single week and every time when Mane scores a goal and Liverpool lose, it's like, oh, look, look what Sadio Mane is doing. Well, he is playing for Bayern Munich. He's expected to win and score goals every single week. It's not, it doesn't necessarily mean that if he was at Liverpool, he'd be doing the same thing. That all said, though, I still would have liked to have kept him, but he did want to leave. When the player wants to leave, you know, that there is an economic reality towards Liverpool's existence, whether people like it or not. I've said it a few weeks ago, Steve, I do think that there's people that are either going to have to be patient with what's going on and understand that, you know, that ultimately eras do come to an end. You know, it's the same with any football club, you know, any football team. Some managers, obviously skilled at going with that, that, that evolution and that change. Jurgen Klopp, unfortunately in his career so far hasn't really done that you know because of at Mainz his better players left and his better players weren't as good as the very best players in the league so he never really had to go through a, a process under huge pressure of reforming a team and then at Dortmund all those decisions were, were taken away from him because his best players were bought by other clubs at Liverpool it's his decision really now when things change so he's going into a new a new experience, really. It's going to be interesting to see how he deals with that. Uh, it seems, as we've said already, that judging by his words, I hope he clarifies what he means, to be honest, because I think it would help everybody. That the, At the moment, he obviously needs to play, work with the players that he's got. You know, if I was a player and I was listening to him talking about, you know, big reforms in the team, I'd wonder what that means, just as the fans are, are wondering what that means at the moment. I think you're so right. It's too easy to say Sadio Mane's gone, that that's the problem, or, or Michael Edwards has left. But obviously, maybe if we look at Edwards, Andy, d- dynamics are different now. Has Jurgen got more say? Is there, you know, is, is there a different operation at the very top end of the club? Well, I mean, that, that is the question. But, I mean, uh, Julian Ward was sort of, I guess, coached, or mm. that was the plan, wasn't it, under, under Edwards to sort of to sort of step in. And 
And yeah, I don't think you could you could say he's done, I guess, much wrong in in terms of since he stepped up into the role. I mean, he was very quick to sort of sort the the Darwin Nunes there, which was the main the main deal of the summer, and and that was you know the replacement, I guess, in terms of you lose one of your your front your front five, you need another one in. So you would imagine Klopp probably is in a position and. I mean, it's probably backed up from from the work that he's done over the, the time he's been at Liverpool that you, you would almost say he deserves that say because he's got so many things right and the opposite operation has run has run so smoothly. But I mean, we spoke on on the pod about a couple of weeks. I think it was after United about Liverpool. Is this just a, is this a transition season? And it certainly feels like that. And it it may be the case. It is off the pitch as well in terms of you're moving on from from Michael Edwards and. Um, and Julian Ward sort of taking that position, and and I'm sure he will ideally do you know the same things with with what he's trying to do with the job, but he will do it in a different way because everyone has their own way of how they want to operate and how they want to do things. So, but as I sort of said, Klopp is in a position now where he's because of the the time that he's brought himself, because of how how brilliant he's been. It's his decision now of of what is next, and it's sort of talk about. Trying to the, the midfield, just signing a midfielder over the summer was really interesting, and how suddenly he went from our oh, we you know we sort of we don't need one. Look at look at all the options, and then suddenly, very quickly went oh yeah no we need one, and and, and Liverpool did go and get one. So you know he clearly has a, a lot of say, um, and, and as he should as the manager because you know at the end of the day it's him who needs to who needs to have the squad to to go and you know perform and. and and sort of implement his, his methods, but there's a big pressure on him now because you can't make that big statement without sort of beginning to show signs of things changing. I always go back to the Real Madrid Champions League final last season, and Ancelotti sort of basically said Liverpool, we knew how they were going to play, and it was quite predictable, and that helped. And looking at Liverpool, I don't think they've they've found a new way that's unpredictable, and I think that was the thing. I think that was the talk in sort of pre-season as you know you, you've always got to evolve you've always got to change and Liverpool don't seem to have done that at all that is the worry because teams do work you out eventually and, and when then you aren't at the top level because Liverpool when they're at the best can just beat teams anyway uh, because they've just got better players than them and, and will eventually wear them down but when you aren't at the top level and you're still sort of playing the same thing and it's not working anywhere near as well as it can then opposition A know what you're gonna do, but B also know how to exploit it. And as Napoli Napoli showed last night, they exploited it as obviously as any any team have done this season. Given Thomas Tuchel's sacking, I'm sure as soon as Klopp came off the pitch and was given his sort of directions as where to go for media, I'm sure he was thinking, I'm gonna get asked whether my job's safe. Now straight away, um he answered, the owners are calm people, expect him to sort out the situation. We have got good owners at the football club in terms of that, or that's what you hear or you believe anyway, don't you? It seems a stupid question, doesn't it, Si? But he is the right man to sort it out. He's the, he's the man to rebuild confidence. He's got enough sort of stock in the bank. Well, I, th- I think so, yeah. I mean, he, he's... You think about it from the point when he's coming to Liverpool, so it's coming up to seven years, isn't it, in October. Nearly every competition that Liverpool have entered in that time over the seven-year period, they've ended up winning each of the trophies. I think it's just the uh, the Europa League that they missed out on at the end of his first season, which can't be a criticism because 
when he inherited the job, Liverpool were so far away from getting to a European final. As disappointing as the performance was on that night, I think it was a, in some ways a, a sign of things to come in finals because they haven't really performed in any of the, the big finals under Klopp, which is a, a little black mark against them. They've obviously got, you know, got to lots of finals, but 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 haven't delivered the, the level of performance that's maybe required to go and win. But yeah, I mean that says you know a lot of fans will argue that it's not just about the winning; it's it's sort of the journey that might sound a bit of mush to, to other people, but. You know, being a football fan, you can't judge everything on on success. You've got to you've got to enjoy yourself while you're doing it. So I think all those sorts of experiences, you know, the sorts of people who match going fans certainly aren't about to turn on him anytime soon. I mean, the, the question relating to Tuchel, it is a bit daft to some degree because you know, totally different owners with different experiences in football. You know, Chelsea's owners are just fresh into the game. Uh, obviously, want to go in their own direction, being a lot of upheaval at Chelsea over the summer with various backroom people going, whether it's a sporting director or other significant uh, people high up in the hierarchy. At Liverpool, obviously, it's not, not that situation at all now. Yeah, I mean, at this stage, it's far, far too early to be having that discussion. The results have been really bad at the start of the season. And understandably, there are lots of questions about what the hell is going on. You know, Liverpool team has been unrecognisable to what we've seen in the past. There is a lot of mitigation around that. You know, that there's, as, as we discussed, as I mentioned at the start of this, the programme, there's lots of reasons why Liverpool might be at this point. But it's ultimately up to Klopp to figure out how to get them out of it. It is his job to do that. I think that, you know, there are certain things that could have happened this summer that haven't happened. That responsibility both falls with the owners and the manager, as far as I'm concerned. If the manager thinks or thought that he needed another midfielder or, or strengthening in other areas, he, he really has to have that forceful argument with the owners. Rather than, I mean, the misleading process that we've been through and I've just discussed before, in the media saying, almost laughing at journalists saying, you know, what are you on about? Whilst the, in, and then in the weeks afterwards, injuries... That process had already started when he said that. It just the signs are all a bit chaotic to me. It just seems like at the moment Liverpool are struggling, and it's it's only hitting him now. It's not that he foresaw this this issue. That's how I interpret what's going on. So that's a bit of a concern because, as Andy said before, the relay of matches at the moment, he's not going to have a great deal of time to impose what he might think is necessary. And not only that, you know, let, let's let's have it right, Klopp. And every other manager of his of his standing in the game tends to reach that point because they stick to the principles. I'm not sure with the players that he's got at the moment, he's going to be able to do what comes naturally to him, what his natural expectations are. That could be a problem. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Right, let me just uh, direct you to a couple of pieces on The Athletic at the moment. Liverpool have lost their identity. That's James Pearce 
uh, writing in Naples after the game and also a brilliant piece that uh, Andy's done as well exploring Robertson's and Trent's lack of attacking impact for Liverpool have a look at it loads of stats loads of information in there just a quick thought Andy on Trent who's who's another one who's, who's having a tough time defensively he's really being sort of highlighted isn't he for his lack of defensive work is he playing himself out of the World Cup here? I think it's certainly a discussion that, I mean, given he's not a certainty in in an England squad anyway, I think he's he's in he's in trouble. It's fair to say at the moment if if he continues on on the sort of on the sort of trajectory he's going at the moment because England have got so many options at right back. You know, you've got Walker, you've got James, you've got Trippier who's playing well for Newcastle. There's a load more as well. I think who, who have you slip in mind at the moment. So I, I think he's. If he wants to be in that World Cup squad, he's got a you know he's got a lot of work to do. Because as I said, Southgate's never been too sure on him. I think mainly because he doesn't quite know how to use him, um, and he's a bit you know he's he's an unorthodox right back, isn't he? He's he's not your, your typical you know sort of right back in, in terms of, of what he's asked to do in, in the Liverpool role. But yeah, I mean defensively, that that's the big question mark over him. I mean, I, I found it quite interesting actually in terms of that piece I was doing the attacking stats. He's He's putting more crosses in. He's, you know, he's completing more crosses, more touches in attacking positions, which I thought wouldn't be the case because he seems to not be having the same impact. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what he's doing at the top end of the pitch if he's not at the right standard or the right levels. You know, at the, at the other end of the pitch, where you know, as a right back, your your first job needs to be to make sure that the opposition don't score. And you know, there's a, there's a fair few goals this season that have come down that side. Not necessarily all his fault, but it's just sometimes when you when you see when you look at the replays and you sort of look at that bigger picture and you look and you sort of like where's Trent, <laughs> um, and you know you, you sort of then question where he is and why he's doing what he's doing, and it, it's not just been that sort of one-off case like it has been previously, I guess, where some of the criticism has probably been you know overboard in terms of his defensive work because I think he has shown signs of improvement at various stages of, of his career in terms of his anticipation and sort of... But he seems to have... And I don't want to be too harsh, but it does seem like he's regressed in that. in that, And he's not he's not as switched on, he's not in the right positions or certainly as, as frequently as he has been in the past. And it's one of the number of factors as to why they look so open. And, and it's not just him. You know, there are many you know reasons why the defence are not operating at the same standard and the same level that they have in the past and you know the two central defenders are a part of it the midfield in front of them the, the protection and I do think that right hand side of, of Trent Elliot and Salah is extremely attacking and I think Sai alluded to it a little bit earlier you are missing that sort of that Henderson that I'll take the response Trent you can go and I, you know you know Henderson's going to be filling in you don't know that with Elliot and that's not to put the blame on him either because as I said, he's, he's, he's done really, really well to start the season as a sort of individual, but you do wonder about, is he a clock midfielder? It's a connection, isn't it? The cog that makes it work. Sai, you just wanted to add something there. Yeah, I think this is one area where you, you can sort of question the thinking behind what's going on, because quite clearly, obviously, you've got a situation where there's a, a big injury, or there has been a big injury backlog of players, putting pressure on players like Milner to play more minutes and obviously the squad is thin. At the same time, it seems like Liverpool have pushed on with this idea of trying to change 
the roles and responsibilities of players who've done very well for them uh, over a number of years. So Salah is playing wider. Trent is receiving the ball in a more of a central area, sort of a an outside right sort of position a lot more. This is just my interpretation, but I, I, I think that Liverpool players sometimes in certain moments of games look a bit confused about what they're expected to be doing at certain times. So it was put to me at the end of last season, obviously Liverpool trying to evolve, trying to find the different ways of breaking down opponents, opponents that come and you know, put five, seven players in defence at times, like Spurs did, like Wolves did with some with some joy at the end of last season. And in in an attempt to try and second guess a lot of this sort of behaviour by opponents, Liverpool tried to mix it up a bit. But it seems to me that they've tried to do that in games this season where those questions haven't been asked of them. So they've almost abandoned what was doing really well from over a long period of time. You know, Salah obviously playing very narrow, getting on top of one of the centre-halves. Trent going down the outside. Now, you know, we're finding situations where the opposite is happening. Salah's getting a lot of criticism for not scoring goals. But he's, if you actually, again, look at the data, he's supplied more chances for players than any other player in the Premier League by, by some distance. So he's still contributing towards the game. But ultimately, it's not, it's not contributing towards Liverpool victories. So while all this is going on, while you've got players chopping and changing, lots of injury problems, they're also trying to instill a, a new, slightly new style of play. I wonder whether that's wise, you know, and I also wonder whether it's necessary, whether they're, they're almost thinking too much about what is to come. It's become almost like, to me, it feels like it's become the go-to option rather than the, you know, the secondary option if things aren't quite working out the way they want it to be. We've seen, you know, a lot of a lot of problems caused because of that. You know, Trent being sort of caught in different positions, and I wouldn't necessarily blame him for that. I'd, I'd say it's because he's been asked to be playing in a different role, which means that there isn't a great deal of cover. And as Andy said, thrown into that mix, you haven't had Jordan Henderson covering for him. You've had Harvey Elliott, who's been playing well, but isn't isn't quite used to the defensive side of things. So there's a lot to think about there, and I wonder whether Klopp needs to rethink that. You know, whether rather than it being the thing that Liverpool try and impose on the opposition from the off, maybe be the thing that they that, 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 that lean towards if it's not quite working. Because let's face it, I mean, Trent and Salah down that side over you know three, four years now has been devastating, really. I just find it incredible that, that they're putting Salah in a position where he's capable of scoring so many goals that he, he might score a few less. You know, you're, you're taking away one of your main, main threats. I can understand it in certain parts of the game if it's not quite working to just try and mix it up against opponents who are stubborn defensively. But it feels to me that at the moment that they've overthought it a little bit at a time where there's lots of other problems in the team as well. So it's clearly making it Liverpool team just not look like it used to. Check out Andy's uh, brilliant piece on the fullbacks. It's on the site right now. Of course, Wolves at home, 3 p.m. kickoff on Saturday. Uh, Jurgen says Wolves won't stop laughing. After the uh, the horror show in Napoli, I don't know about that. We've had some crazy drama at Anfield already. 90th minute winner against Newcastle. We've had that uh, mauling of Bournemouth. But in a season where nothing is consistent, let's hope that home form proves to be the bedrock for uh, well for a better trajectory and where the team's going at the moment. My thanks, of course, to to Andy and to Simon. Brilliant stuff on the red agenda. Thank you for listening, and hopefully we'll be a bit more positive after the weekend. We'll see you then. <laughs>